frantic times, see? And here we are with another podcast of the best of frantic times. And it's uh, wonderful to be here. I hope you're going to thefrantics.com. Hope you're following us on Facebook. That way we don't have to explain what this show is all about. That's we correct. can just get into the goodness. Because I'm tired of explaining what this show is about. Have we said my name yet? Um, no. Peter Wildman. Damn, I was hoping you wouldn't say it. What's yours? I'm Paul Chatto. Damn, I got that out too. Okay, Shoot. good. What's our first sketch? Our first sketch is Reach for the Top, which is a, you tell me. Campus I can't quiz. Remember. Right, I campus mean, quiz it's, show. It's like a question, it's a competition show. For, it's For it's, smart kids. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Reach for the Top. I'm Jan Tennant and tonight on Reach for the Top, we present the national championships, the two highest ranking schools in the country, Smallwood High of St. John's, Newfoundland. And from British Columbia, Rayburn Collegiate. You've both come a long way and we wish you the best of luck. Our first question is historical. Despite remorse over his invention of dynamite... Yes, Smallwood? Nobel? That's right, Alfred Nobel. The question was, despite remorse over the invention of dynamite, he set up the prize system for excellence in science, the humanities, and art. Smallwood with a 10-point lead. Let's move on to sports. Who won the British Open in 19th... Rayburn? Jack Nicholas. Correct, for 10 points. Let's move on to the arts. Please watch your monitors. This painting was... Smallwood? Botticelli? Please, let me finish the question. The man who painted this portrait was born in 1492. Smallwood? Botticelli? Correct. Now listen to this musical score. Rayburn? Johann Sebastian Bach? Correct. Now for the 10-point bonus, can you tell me... Vienna? Yes, that's right, Smallwood. Let's move on to... Rayburn? Mathematics? Yes. Yes, that's, that's, that's right. That's right. Smallwood? Binomial distribution. Correct. Uh, Rayburn, will you cut that out? Uh, P to the N, Q to the N minus small n? That's correct, but how do you... Got... Smallwood! How can we guess the answers before you ask the questions? Yes, it's driving me... Crazy? Yes. <laughs> now either cut this out or I'll... Either cut it out or you'll stop the show. Yes, that's it. You're ending the show? Yes, I'm ending the show now with a score of... Rayburn 140 and Smallwood 120? Yes, until next week, this is... This is Jan Tanner for Reach for the Top saying, Yes, that is correct for 20 points. Ah! Yes, that is correct for 20 points. Ow! I, I should, I should t- say that I was on Campus Quiz on Chex TV in 1968. How did you do? I killed. I killed because I was a Globe and Mail paperboy, and I was totally up on current events. They put me on with two of the smartest girls, Lynn Stevens and Sue Miller, and uh, I was smarter than two of the smartest girls in class, and I was, like, not a smart guy in class. So I, even back then, I was comfortable with the lights and the camera. Wow, I was I was pretty smart in school. That didn't help me with girls. No, no. Well, neither... Comedy never does well with girls. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. Now... 
What's this one coming up? Uh, this one's called Actra Carmelad, and this one's interesting because this comes from the pool of our first original 13 shows, yeah. So not many sketches survive the best of Frantic Times. <laughs> we uh, would from record the first 40 minutes worth of material, and they'd edit it down to the best 17. Uh, that's correct. Yeah. That's great. It was, those were tough days. Yep. Only 46 seconds were, <laughs> survived. <laughs> Very good. And so why did this one survive? Because it's good. Autumn. Halloween. Hikes through the forest and family get-togethers. The perfect time for craft caramel prunes. <laughs> Children love them. Old people need them. Just melt one pound of craft caramels, skewer prunes with craft popsicle sticks, dip the prunes in a deliciously smooth craft caramel, and let cool on craft wax paper. Garnish with craft miniature marshmallows, and you've got a treat that will have everybody going. For more recipes and tips on union busting, write Craft Foods Box Office 2. Hi folks, Rick here with a new feature, Frantics Trivia. Let me get started with our first trivia. My shoes are down by the front door. Wow! I bet you didn't know that. Well, now you do. Bye! Billy Camp! Whoa! Whoa! Back in your cages, you animals! Okay, welcome to Dare to Dream where different people get the chance to do exciting, impossible things they've always fantasized about. Now here's our first big dreamer on Dare to Dream. Please welcome Kilworth Testosterone. <laughs> Hello, Kilworth. Hello, Billy. <laughs> you closet dreamer, you. <laughs> Why don't you tell the studio audience a little bit about yourself and your dream? Well, Billy, for the last 25 years, I've worked in the umbrella department at Eaton's. <laughs> but in all that time, I've, I've never had a chance, really, you know, to, to wrestle a wounded wolverine. Fair enough, Gilbert. <laughs> Why don't you just step down into this pit? Okay. <laughs> Thank you. We'll open the gate for you. Oh. There's the wolverine. She's been separated from her mate, so she's edgy already. <laughs> She's big. <laughs> now let's see what happens when we fire a bullet into her flank. <laughs> She's she's mad, isn't she? Yeah, she is. <laughs> okay, Kilworth testosterone. Dare to dream. Okay, come here, come here, come on. <laughs> well, that was Kilworth testosterone. He dared to dream, and what a great last wish it turned out to be. <laughs> Our next contestant is Mrs. Nada Wasserman. <laughs> hi, hi, Billy. I'm a useless housewife who dreams about making love to Charles Bronson. <laughs> okay. Step down into this pit. <laughs> we'll open the gate. There's Charles Bronson. Oh, my, he's hairy. <laughs> <laughs> he's been separated from Jill Ireland, so he's edgy already. <laughs> Now let's fire a bullet into his flank. Okay, Nada Wasserman, dare to dream! Shall I answer that, ma'am? No, Jeeves, it might be my broker. Very good, ma'am. Hello. 
Is this Georgette Smythe Harry do the third? Yes, who is this, please? We've got your father. And if you ever want to see him alive again, you'll do just as I tell you. Now, see here. Ah, don't talk, just listen, toots. We've got your old man locked in a stuffy dark room. He's wrapped up in rags. We're feeding him enough just to keep him alive, and that's it. Now, if we don't see some money, we don't give the old guy his medicine. You got that? All right. All right. Well, where do I send the money? Right here. To the Fairdale Senior Citizens Home. Oh, all right. The check's in the mail. Bye. Sports Hotline at two in the morning. If you must talk sports, give me a call at 555-1212. Someone's still up. Sports Hotline, you're on the air. Uh, okay, hello, right? Yeah. This is Gary, right? Okay, uh, I think the Winnipeg Jets should make some trades for some better players. Who should they trade, Gary? Oh, I don't know. Uh, oh, How about know. Morris Lugovich? More, yeah, sure. Good, I, I don't know. Just someone for some other good ones who are gooder. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for calling. Okay. Hello, Sports Hotline. You're on the air. Hey, can you play some Rush? No, I can't. <laughs> Sports Hotline. You're on the air. Okay. Um, Clint Trundle. Right? Yes. Uh, first, I'd like to say there's there's something I'd like to ask. Okay. It's like a quiz question to see if you like know the answer to it. Be brief, sir. It's only a half-hour show. What was the first expansion team to beat a former Stanley Cup champion on that team's home ice? Do you have the answer? Yes, I do. Then you don't need us. (laughs) Sports Hotline, you're on the air. Hi, I just wanted to hear my voice. (laughs) Finally, someone with something to say. Hello. You're on. Can you play some Rush? This is a talk show, son, where you must be able to string together a coherent sentence. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, like... I'm okay. sorry, you lose. Sports hotline, embarrass yourself. Uh, you know, at halftime, when those machines go out on the ice... The Zambonis. Zambonis. Thanks. <laughs> Always glad to help a maintenance buff. Clint Trundle, glutton for punishment. Hi, Clinty. Great, I was tired of stupid guys, now I get a stupid girl. Come on, let's see just how inane you can get. I like the Vancouver uniform. Good enough. You're on, blither away. Yeah, can you play some Rush? All right, I can play some Rush. Here's the Rush. So we do a lot of uh, commercial parodies because that was... Sketch comedy does a lot of... Sketch troops do a lot of commercial parodies, don't they? Do well, they you, got, you, you got to start somewhere. And I think I remember we had a, a moment where we decided that we were not going to do anything from TV. Oh, okay. Yeah, yes, okay, fine. So we, we invented that and we started inventing our own products. Correct. Like Ed's Perfume. 
Yes. This one's. Pre- I like this one. I also like a Fanny Fudger's toilet seat warming service. We have to pull that one out. Yeah, that I wa- we'll put that in the show. Well, this uh, this um, employs the beautiful voice of Carolyn Scott. It's around you like a big. Oh yes, this one I remember. Yes, Ed's Ed's. Yes, play this. This is funny. Go. It's the fragrance that will hold you. The feeling will haunt you. That's Ed's perfume made by Ed. Yes, every bottle of Ed's perfume is individually bottled by Ed or Ed's wife Judy. Ed's perfume comes in three captivating scents. Midnight with Ed, Ode to Ed, and Black Current. Every bottle of Ed's perfume is made for that special someone, Judy, or Ed's other friend, Gwen, that Judy doesn't know about. Ed's perfume is like a trip on a big boat, or an evening in Paris or some other capital city in the EEC. Ed's perfume is available in gallon, half gallon, and new convenient milk bags. Being Ed's girl, Judy is. Well, so is Gwen. Shh. Oh, yeah. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was really more the worst of times. When I said best of times, I was just being nice. This is the best of frantic times. Coming, coming. Yes. Morning, ma'am. My name's Fred Head. I'm with the anti-nuclear organization Can Do Can't. Uh, maybe you've heard of us. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Well, we're just getting started. It's no big deal. I'm going door-to-door collecting signatures for a petition to stop nuclear waste from being dumped in our homes. Oh, I'd be happy. I'd be quite happy to sign. Great, great. Do you have a pen? Oh, yes, just a moment. Great, thanks a lot. Oh, yeah, and a piece of paper while you're there. Oh, no, no, I I boycott paper companies to protest acid rain. Well, I thought acid rain was for mining. Oh, yeah, well, mining paper, it's from the whole earth tree, you know, it's a whole... It's all run by the Pentagon anyways. Well, I think you're confused. Oh, no, no, Uh, Nixon talked all about it on the missing 18 minutes of tape. But I thought that Mr. Nixon was talking about... No, 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 get down to the petition there. It should say, we the undersigned... Demand the ban of nuclear reactors, microwave ovens, and processed cheese. Processed cheese? Yeah, that's how they get rid of nuclear waste. It's this whole big thing. They make processed cheese slices from it. Even the little wrapping is nuclear. Well, well, why would they do that? So everyone will eat it and turn into mutant robots, like these big robots controlled by Henry Kissinger at the Pentagon. You see, Henry Kissinger runs a secret world government which controls Russia and the U.S., I'll mention it in the petition. Don't put that down. Well, I'm not signing a petition like that. Well, you gotta sign it. I mean, everyone's depending... Wait a minute. You're one of the robots, aren't you? I'll bet I'm on hidden camera right now. No, no, you're on my doorstep you're right now. You're a product now. of the neo-Nazis no, who made fiberglass insulation. Goodbye. I want you out of here. I'm calling the police. You're calling the thought police? No way. All right, stand back. I got a mood ring. <laughs> Your Libyan hit squads are ineffective against me now. Go away! I got you scared now, don't I? I know too much. Would you get out there? Redhead knows too much. Me! My, my, my. 
Hello, Mr. Kissinger. This is, this is Robot 2012. Yes, Fredhead knows too much. Dispatch Libyan hit squads, but be careful, sir. He has a mood ring. <laughs> Da Vinci for a Renaissance painting warehouse. <laughs> We've got a 15, 16, and 17th century masterpieces for you at a slash price. We're clearing out Raphael, Saint George and the Dragon, Antonio Correggio's Mystical Marriage of Saint Catherine, and a rock bottom price for Botticelli's fresco, Women Receiving a Gift from a Four Allegorical Female Figures. <laughs> Savings? Wow. We're stretching our canvases to the limit. Renaissance painting a warehouse is overstocked with the paintings of Madonna and Child. So you get a free frame with every purchase of Tournier's Madonna and Child, Antonella's Madonna and Child, Simone's Madonna and Child, and of course, Mantegna's Four Clowns on a Black Velvet with a Madonna and Child. So don't delay. Come on down to Renaissance painting a warehouse, buy a masterpiece, have a donut, and meet a Mona Lisa in a person. That's a Renaissance painting a warehouse on the Ponte Vecchio, just a half a mile south of Firenze Palazzo. Hello, folks at home. This is Rick of the Frantics with more Frantics trivia. Here's a follow-up. Nobody's interested in frantic trivia. <laughs> wow, not, nobody. I mean, not even, I couldn't even. Wow. There you go. Bye-bye. The thing with Rick on Frantic Times is that he always insisted on wearing yes. a hat or yes. mustache. Yes. Rick would have his oh, uh, God. own truck that popped him. <laughs> a tuxedo, a jean jacket, a houndstooth coat. They were all loud plaid sports coats. So he'd go out with a red one, a blue one, a green one. <laughs> the only, only person in radio comedy who wore costumes. Welcome, brothers and sisters, to the blessed church of all denominations the world's first ecumenical congregation. No matter what your faith is, we encourage it and share it with you. And now, Mrs. Fraser will play an all-denominational hymn for us. Thank you, Mrs. Fraser. And now, if you'll all open your generic prayer books and pray along with me as you stand, sit, kneel, face east, or dance. Oh, large person or persons who did something great, you are very special to many of us. Please forgive us for whatever you deem bad and help us to do whatever strikes you as good. Whether that be to work hard, eat no meat, or start a holy war. Grant us whatever you tend to grant, unless you don't interfere with earthly concerns. Save us from evil, or warn us about it, or let us find out for ourselves. Amen. Um. Praise Allah. Have a nice day. You know, brothers and sisters, the great big person or persons who did a lot of good things 
tells us that killing is bad. And I think that's something we can all agree on, even you Presbyterians. <laughs> and now our ushers, deacons, Dalai Lamas, nuns, and slave girls will be circulating with the trays of wine, wafers, beads, roses, oils, candles, and sheep's entrails. We ask you to donate a bit, or a lot, or one-third of your wheat, or everything you own, or help yourself. And now, before we start the bingo and light the incense while walking over burning coals as we form a human pyramid and proceed out to the street corners to chant for spare change and sell albums, I'd like to make a quick announcement. Next Sunday is young Johnny Reynolds' bar mitzvah confirmation. We'll be down by the river at eight, dunking him in the water, shaving his head and cutting off his hand for stealing. So please, come on down, wish him well, and stone him to death if you have the time. It was hot in the city. New York baked in the kind of heat that melts the tar on the street as soft as a sucker's heart. Weeping asphalt tears for another dead junkie who shot some bad smack, leaving no clues where he scored it. I spat out my cigarette. It was as stale as my latest case, and I felt like the fire had gone out of me, too. The neon light flashed on and off, on and off, outside the window of my ten-by-ten closet of an office, and I cursed a case where clues were as scarce as virgins in a cat house or manners in a barroom brawl, or scruples at the DA's office where they'd filled out the death certificate on another dope fiend, but they couldn't care less where he got the poisoned heroin. I jumped like a hopped-up junkie who realizes too late that he's hitting up a bubble and pumping his last will and testament to his brain, which starts with muddled confusion to pray for a way out, and his screaming can't be heard over the noise from the hooker in the next room who shrieks like the phone on my desk. I gathered my wits like a hophead scrambles to gather his kit and hit the road after stooling on Mr. Big, who's after his ass. Hey, why didn't you answer? Who could be calling? Was Hello. it Sparky with the name of Mr. Me, Big? Sparky. The name that would crack this case wide open? It's Sparky. Or just some two-bit punk is. on a hey, cheap vendetta, like an addict on a roller coaster chemical ride. All right, can't Sparky, get put down the phone. Hey, this be hey, This be the clue gold. that would Mr. put Mr. Big, Big away ah! for life. But it was no good. They'd hung up before I could get a word out. <laughs> I slammed the blower back in its cradle like a baby brat who cried for food then wouldn't touch the offering like a teasing floozy who promises but won't deliver then turns it on again when your hopes are low only to disappoint you turning it on and off on and off like the flashing neon sign outside my window it was hot This is the best of frantic times with the Frantics. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. You come to buy a ring, maybe? Uh, no, I'd like my wife's ring appraised. For the insurance. Appraised, appraised. Everyone wants appraised. No one wants to buy. Sorry. That's okay. I charge $10 for appraising. Okay, so where is this diamond? Uh, let me take off the ring. <coughs> Thank you, little lady. This ring is worth five cents. What? It's a fake. It's a chip of glass. It's a family heirloom. It's a family chip of glass. Are you sure? Watch, mister. Oh, 
Diamonds don't shatter like that. Well, at least the gold setting is worth something. Gold, mister, this ring is tin. They came as a set with these gold earrings. Those are fake, too. They're, they're soldered. Are you trying to tell us my wife's jewelry is worthless? No, you get a wooden nickel for all this. Oh, Harry! Put your mink on, Vero. We're leaving. Mink? Mink don't got stripes, lady. That's skunk. I paid 13000 for that fur. That's expensive skunk. That furrier lied! Get into the rolls there. We're paying him a call. Uh, rolls? Like Rolly Royce? Yeah, right in front of your store. Mister, that's no Rolly Royce. Rolls Royce don't got orange crates nailed on the baby carriage wheels with a lawnmower engine. That's a what? fake. What? Oh, Harry, I'm so upset I could cry. No, lady, you're not upset. Those emotions, they're fake. <laughs> Me? Believe me, lady, I know upset. I know people. You're so rich and jaded, you don't feel anything anymore. How dare you talk to my wife that way? She's not your wife. She's a fake. What? Her divorce to her first husband never went through. Oh, Harry, I couldn't wait. I loved you too much. You Vera, didn't. Take... You didn't. Your love was a fake. Vera, take my hand. It's not your hand. It's a fake. You lost your arm in the hunting accident in Borneo. So that's why you never undressed, never came to bed, never treated me like a woman. You're not a woman. You're a fake. You're a man. I wish I'd never come into this jewelry store! It's not a jewelry store. It's a fake. It's actually a battlefield. Andrew's Corners. My town. Andrew's Corners ain't the biggest town in the world. But I guess it ain't the smallest, neither. It's just a town. No one famous was ever born here. Or even visited here. Just average folks who were born and laugh and cry and then pass on. I suppose if Andrew's Corners was to disappear tomorrow, no one would notice or care much one way or the other. Maybe that's why the government decided to use Andrew's Corners as a nuclear bomb test site. <laughs> Here comes the Widow Greaves. Morning, Widow Greaves. Morning, Chester. Say, Widow... How are you set on this nuclear test site business? Oh, it ain't none of mine, never mind. I don't hanker much for politics, Chester. Well, you know, the town will be a glassy crater, and there'll be no life at all within 50 miles. Well, that's the new generation for you. <laughs> never satisfied. Well, I've got my shopping to do. Bye, Chester. <laughs> Bye, widow. No folks in Andrew's Corners don't get too worked up about things. Mind you now, the gabbin that goes on in Oscar's barbershop. Well, that's a different story. Let's go in and listen. If you ask me, there's more to this nuclear bomb business than meets the eye. Something ought to be done. Well, Al, that's what we paid the mayor for. The mayor, that's a lot more. The mayor's all fine and friendly behind this thing, helping the army folks set up their fancy modern doodads behind well, Ed Cooney's barn. Well, when I was a boy, we didn't have no nuclear bombs. We had a Model T. Ran 15 It'll years. It'll be bad for business. I know that for a fact. Now, Al Mort, you never have a good word for anything. It'll be bad for business, yeah, Chester. Yeah. Wait, Oscar, it's your barbershop, and you've been awful quiet. What do you think? Yeah, Oscar, well, how do you see this nuclear bomb thing? Oh, my word ain't worth much, Chester. <laughs> it's worth as much as anyone else's, I reckon, Oscar. Well... Seems to me the government wouldn't drop a big expensive thermonuclear weapon on our town unless they had good cause. Oh, true enough. Pretty I happy. still say the blast and the fireball will drive off business. Fifteen years our Model T ran. Oh, yeah. 
They'll yap about this bomb all day if you let them. But you can bet they won't do nothing about it. Because when push comes to shove, the people of Andrew's Corners are pretty agreeable. And maybe, just maybe that ain't such a bad way to be. Andrew's Corners. My town. All I know is, I'm sure gonna miss it. Coming up to the end of the show, and one more song. Yes, this one, uh, Dan's an Etobicoke boy. Michael Michael Power High School? That That's where one? he went. He went to school with the Dale sisters. Right. Jennifer and, was, and Cynthia He was Dale. beaten by nuns. <laughs> I, I have <laughs> nothing to add to that. I went is to that the, a punchline, or no, is, no. That a, is that That's a... That's a feature. Okay, fine. Yeah, that's okay. right. I went to the, through the public school system. We, we never had nuns. <laughs> but we still got beaten. <laughs> this is called Mimico. It's uh, written by Dan, uh, who's uh, Etobicoke, for those of you who don't know, is very close to Mimico and is the brunt of uh, many jokes. And, and it's going to continue. It is. Across the sea in Newfoundland 20 years ago The people, they were restless and a hungered for to roam. They set their sails and cast to sea and ventured through the foam and found a land both fair and grand with rivers strong and fields of sand and made that land their home. Mimico and tomorrow. Mimico The settlers were fearless, they braved the winter's cold, they braved ferocious traffic jams, and Wednesday night they bowled. The town was annexed by Toronto in 1943, or so the stories told of a people who were fierce and strong. With foreheads short and forearms long, <laughs> all of a common mold. Mimico, industrial heaven. Mimico, with plazas vast. Mimico, due south of Etobicoke, at the Queen Elizabeth Way overpass. Mimico, next to Parkdale Mimico a dream come true Mimico our one hope for the future beneath your skies of grayish blue beneath your skies of grayish Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to the Best of Frantic Times Yay! podcast featuring the voices of Rick Green, Paul Chato, Peter Wildman, and Dan Redican. And I've said it all out of order, not in alphabetical order like we usually do. And it features the female voices of Maggie Butterfield, Mag Ruffman, 
and Carolyn Scott. Sound effects by Kathy Perry, and the whole thing was produced at one point in the 80s by David Minky Milligan. Produced right now by Derek Wellsman. It doesn't have to be this difficult. I'm sorry. Do the the last bit. Do the last bit. You can leave. (laughs) If you want to know more about The Frantics, go to thefrantics.com and Facebooky places. Boot to the head! Boot to the head! (laughs) 